Welcome to Love is Like Sweet Potato Pie. I'm your host, Toya Williams. My show is about love, food, your life passions, and all the ingredients that make it happen. Oh, thank you people for listening. This week, y'all, has been a roller coaster, you know, with all that's been happening in the news, with the police shooting again. And to top it off, this week, we lost a hero. We lost our Wakanda King, Chadwick Bozeman, y'all. Um, my heart is heavy. And it was such a surprise um, that it affected me so hard I mean not only I've talked to other people they took it hard as well it was just such a blow such an unexpected blow on top of that let's 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 do this let's do this let's do a moment of silence for Chadwick Bozeman our Wakanda King forever. Just one moment of silence. <sighs> okay, so I'm gonna tell you a little bit about him. I'm still reeling, but he was born in South Carolina, Anderson, South Carolina. He's a native of Anderson, South Carolina. He died at the age of 43 of colon cancer. He was diagnosed in 2016, and he was such a fighter and a warrior. He went through several surgeries and chemo, and he still produced quality movies during that time you know, of, of battling his cancer. He's a fighter. He worked his craft and his passion to the very end. That's awesome. It speaks volumes of his character. He uh, died in his home uh, with his wife and family beside him. You know, we would like to pray for the family, keep them in prayer. I know this is a tragic event for them that is devastating. But, you know, through his life, he became a global icon, you know, definitely in his role of Black Panther. Um, he even said that the role was an honor for his career. But he did excellent work. My first time recognizing Chadwick was when he played, um, he did the Jackie Robinson story, 42. And it's so ironic that this year, April 15th, he did a um, message that was, uh, I think, on TikTok, probably Instagram as well, where he acknowledged the Jackie Robinson day. And don't you know, y'all, just like two days ago, 
Matter of fact, the day of his death, the National League of Baseball recognized Jackie Robinson Day. And this was months later, because the day is actually April 15th. But they actually um, made announcements about Jackie Robinson Day or acknowledgments of Jackie Robinson Day the very day that Chadwick lost his battle with cancer. And uh, that's really ironic. But, you know, we celebrate his life. He was uh, a great man. He was great and I just, let me go on, because I just get all broken up when I think about it, because he was so young, but he was alumni of Howard University, which is a historical black college in D.C., and he also attended the British American uh, Drama Academy at Oxford in 1998. So, you know, we send him off in peace, in love, and power. May you rest in peace, Mr. Balsman. So, um, I was doing a little research of what's been on my heart and mind and also been in the news as of late is, uh, reparations for slavery and you know Joe Biden was asked the question recently and, and, and throughout the years as well about his views about reparations and I think that the earliest um, record of him being asked about his viewpoint on reparations was in 1973. And he was like, nah, he, he, he didn't agree with it. And uh, he was very strong in his language about how much he opposed reparations. And then as of recently, he was also asked again of his, would he agree with reparations? Would he be for it? Uh, and he, he didn't come out and say no, but he said the only way he would consider reparations is if, 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 if the reparations included brown people. So, once again, basically that's a no because brown people, you know, have nothing to do with African Americans getting reparations. Love you, brown people, but this is our issue and it needs to be addressed solely to us, the black people, because 
the black people was who was enslaved. It was the black people that endured slavery, endured the Jim Crow segregation, endured federal redlining, the war against drugs, mass incarceration, racism and policing, underfunded schools. These are issues and also racial disparities that, that even uh, affect today. Our access of education and, and health care and housing, insurance, employment, and other social goods are directly attributed to the damaging legacy of slavery and racial discrimination. And so whenever the question is posed about reparations and when these slimy politicians, you know, dodge the bullet by saying, oh, it needs to include Indian, uh, Native Americans or it needs to include brown people, which are Hispanics. No. It needs to only include African Americans. That's the issue. Nobody else. We're not dealing with no one else issues at the time. Other people have issues and have gone through things. Another time, another place for that. We are dealing strictly with what happened to us. It's just like with the Jews and the Holocaust. Whenever the Holocaust is brought up, no one else is bringing up other people um, issues that happen. Other people of other races, of course, have gone through things, but no one else try to lump other people in with that uh, problem. So do the same with us. Respect us to just singly look at our issues. There's a coalition that is looking into reparations but they're only just looking at the issue. Uh, I believe it's like the, what is it called? The ACLU, you know, and they're doing a, a big project uh, with the reparations, but it's just basically just to look at it and talk about it, discuss it, but we need to do more than just look and discuss. Action needs to be taken. Reparations initially uh, was designated as, legis as legislation as the HR 40 intended to memorialize and redistribute the land, 400,000 acres, formerly from the Confederate-owned coastal land of South Carolina and Florida. It was to be divided up into 40-acre plots. In addition to, we had autonomy and governance for this region and provided 
protection of military and authorities for the settlement. But of course, none of this happened because sympathizers with the South uh, and former slaveholder, President Andrew Jackson, he overturned the order. And, you know, so overturning the order, that was the last, that was that, that was that. You know, nothing else had been done to gain traction with um, providing reparations for the descendants of slaves. Now, this issue is, is a big issue and it's a lot to discuss. So I think there's a lot of confusion out there and, and misunderstanding of what the 40 acres and a mule, what reparations is all about. They think, you know, it's a handout. It's not a handout and it's not, a, it's not even a hand up. It is what is owed to the descendants of slaves. Simply because of all of the money, which equivalates to approximately two to three billion dollars that America has gained from slavery. And so it's what is rightfully owed. It is my inheritance that is rightfully owed from America on my behalf, you know, uh, you know, on my ancestors' behalf. It's, it's owed to me that America owed me. Plain and simple. It's not a handout. It's not a hand up. It's what's owed to me. America has paid reparations to other segments of society, other races, for things that they owe. It's time, it's past time for America to pay for what they owe to African Americans. Not um, any other group, not even uh, Africans that happen to be living, you know, here right now. Um, because they're not a part of it as well. It's the descendants of slaves. Not Africans, but the descendants of slaves. I want to know what you think about it. I want to know what your train of thought. You know, leave me a comment in the Anchor app. Leave me a message. Or you can email me at onesweetpotatolove at gmail.com. You know, this issue of reparations is, is something that should have been dealt with years ago. I mean, literally, up until I believe the 1950s, the slave owners the actual slave owners, they were paid reparations by Abraham Lincoln 
because it was a loss of income for them not having slaves anymore. So you tell me that the slave owner gets reparations, but not the slave and his descendants? Literally, the slave owner and his descendants have been getting reparations all the way up into the 1950s. Where they do that at? Evidently, America. But yes, how backwards is that? It's really disgusting. It's, it's... <laughs> if, if this was not a part of my life and someone was reading this as a novel to me, I would say that's unbelievable. That doesn't make any sense. Totally ludicrous. Totally. But here we go, you know. Once again, but something that we as black African Americans have dealt with. It's a slap in the face. It, it's a slap in the face that you would pay the slave owner reparations and not the slave. You know, like I said, I'm going to make a, a series of this and we're just going to break down the whole kid and caboodle about reparations, why it is a legitimate claim and why it should be paid out. Because there's like, I read a poll somewhere where 80, I think it was like 84% of white Americans feel like reparations is, is shouldn't be paid. That's something that their forefathers did and that's that. But I'm going to break it down to you and show where the descendants of slave owners, these white descendants of slave owners have benefited throughout the centuries from slave money. They have benefited and living well off of free labor. Matter of fact, some of the land that, and this is just documented, these are the crimes that we know of that's been documented not even talking about the hundreds and thousands of crimes that has not been documented against black Americans that were homeowners or land owners got their land taken away from them. And that same land that was taken away from the black families it was 406 victims, 406 black families that had their hand, their land taken away from them. That was documented. And we know it was much more than that that hasn't been documented that got their land taken away from them. 
there was 20, 24,000 acres of land that's been taken, documented, that's been taken away from black families. And that land has been taken to be used for golf courses in Virginia, oil fields in Mississippi, and baseball training camp facilities in Florida. Land that black Americans worked hard to get in spite of redlining, in spite of mortgage, unfair mortgage practices uh, and lending that has been done to the black community in spite of they were able to gather some land and the land that they they got still got taken away from them whether they got burnt out of the land you know that's one of the things that um, white Americans were doing was burning black Americans out and off their land like the Tuskegee uh, not Tuskegee, but the um, Tulsa, Oklahoma burning. Um, burn them off their land, taking away their land, and then they just repurpose it for their own use. You know, uh, earlier, a few episodes earlier, I talked about Bruce Beach was the first black resort owned by black people. Bruce's Beach, this, the very same thing happened to them. What happened, the Klan came in, burnt the land, burnt the resort, and, and, and just took it. You know, we'll have property, and they'll take it. But on one hand, they'll say, well, you know, get your own, get your own land, uh, have your own businesses you know but then when we do we have our own land we have our own housing and you come and terrorize us and burn us out kill us lynch us beat us terrorize us I don't understand it. You know, I don't understand it because it's no sense to be made of it because it doesn't make sense. You know, call, I mean, call. (laughs) Email me. Leave me a message in the Anchor app. Email me at onesweetpotatolove.com. Once, once, Lord, let me say it right. Onesweetpotatolove at gmail.com leave me a message let me know what you think moving on let's let's talk about Shirley Chisholm she's another hero she's my shero and why is Shirley Chisholm important Shirley Chisholm became the first black majority party candidate to run for president of the United States in 1972. 
She was a U.S. presidential. Uh, it was a U.S. presidential election, making her also the first woman ever to run for the Democratic Party presidential nomination. And that's why we celebrate Shirley Chisholm. People, we are going to get into it. We are going to dig into this reparations. My next episode for next week, I'm going to have a friend of mine. She's knowledgeable of... um, reparation she brought she even brought it to my attention about slave owners being paid reparations so we're going to get into the discussion of reparations there's a lot there there's a lot to discuss and we're going to keep the conversation going about reparations also this week what happened we celebrate the march on washington And so the March on Washington, it was um, virtual, and they celebrated the March on Washington, August 28th, and it was also, I think the 27th and 28th, that it was uh, done virtually. But the March on Washington, uh, was, let's see here, it was a march for freedom, and I just lost my page here, let's see. Here we go, here we go. Let's see, the March on Washington was for jobs and freedom. August 1963, more than 200,000 demonstrators took part of the March on Washington for jobs and freedom in the nation's capital. The march was successful in pressuring the administration of John F. Kennedy in initiating a strong federal civil rights bill into Congress. And during this event, Martin Luther King delivered his memorable I Have a Dream speech. And so we're still dreaming, Martin. We're still dreaming, we're still fighting. For freedom, for jobs, for fair wages, for housing. The fight continues. So let's go to that breaking bread segment. This week, you know, I didn't eat in any new black establishments. I hit up some of my favorites. Um, Who's Got Soul? I hit that up. 
That was good as always. This week was a busy week. I, I didn't even get into any new recipes. But like always, you know, I, I encourage everyone to support black businesses, especially your local black businesses. Forbes, they put out an article recently spotlighting 100 black-owned businesses to support. It's a great article. Uh, you can find it on Forbes.com. But I encourage you to support your local black businesses, whether it's your restaurateurs or the food trucks or bookstores or clothing stores, art, support black art, support black music. Um, my mother, she is a folk artist, a storyteller, an author. She has a book on Amazon, Middle Children Are Special. Curry, Williams, the Apple Lady. My brother, he is a music extraordinaire. He is a producer, songwriter, music manager. You, um, he has his studio at uh, in Atlanta, in Midtown Atlanta, the Blue Room, the B Room Studio support black businesses. Like I said, we're going to continue this conversation of reparations. Um, and also, you know, I'm, I'm keeping the Bozeman family in my prayer. That, that was a heavy hit this week. So we're going to learn more about slavery and uh, the reparations. Until next week, y'all, stay safe, wear your mask, wash your hands, keep your family and loved ones close, love, peace, and hair grease. Love y'all. Bye.